Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet jazz. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. I'm a people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. I'm a people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm with Ryan. If you have any email, any thoughts you want to share with us, you can reach us on email at bayheightspod at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at Bay Heights Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We love to hear from you, um, Ryan. How are you doing? Hey, Jason, doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. How was your weekend? It was all right. Um, we uh, we got a treadmill. That was a bitch carrying up the stairs. Um, okay. But yeah, got it. that was. And um, my parents thought it'd be a good idea to um, give my son a haircut without notifying us. So. That was, uh, <laughs> Okay. That was that was a bit of damage control. Um, oh, okay. It's all it, it's all it's always hard when it's your parents because like I, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not responsible for two other people's like things, right? <laughs> but you know, it's like comes down on yeah. me. Like I have to, you know. That's funny. In uh in Asia, uh, permission it's not really required when it comes to the grandparents. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It's funny because one of those things that my wife and I joke about, like, oh, yeah, one day my daughter's going to come home looking like my mom, you know, cardigan and short mom haircut and all that <laughs> stuff. But, like, we um, – it was just one of those things that, you know, they gave us the night off, which was super cool. We had some bunch of errands to run, and we're FaceTiming them. And it's so noticeable that my son's bangs are, like, chopped in half, right? It's just like – and then my mom's just like, oh, yeah – we forgot to tell you. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, it was just one of those momentary, like, you know, hang up, sort it out. And you know, one of those things, but it happened in the morning by afternoon. It was like, fuck it, whatever, man. It's like bigger, <laughs> bigger, fish bigger fry, problems right? in the world. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Yeah. The good thing about the hair for a little boy is it's going to grow back in a few weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Do uh the treadmill. Did you were you replacing a treadmill or is it a new thing? No. Oh god, no, no. This is um um well you guys have it in the States. Um I don't know if how international it is, but um Orange Theory Fitness. Oh yeah. 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 So probably it's funny. in the States, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So funny thing is my wife when she talked about it years ago, I'm like I'm like, oh yeah, it's a circuit training. Like, why the hell do you have to pay so much? Just go to the gym and just do it yourself. But she, she, she really benefited from the the live coach and the you know yeah. god awful techno music and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so it's it's been really encouraging. And then I think now that she got into a routine, she realized, you know what, I have free weights here, and you know all she really needed was a treadmill. It sucks. We do have a small house. The treadmill is literally in our kitchen, but that's okay. It's just, you know what? It's like make do. I mean, yeah. who knows how long, you know, these lockdown measures are going to be in, in effect and get yourself a good treadmill. If we ever get a bigger house, you know, it's just an easy swap there. So, um, so that was that I kind of put it together it's this weekend. It's a so. way to still be social. You can do your exercise and still be with everybody. Yeah, you know, quite often exactly. people take the treadmill and put it so far away from everyone. Okay, maybe you want to lock in on your exercise, but then it's a bit antisocial at the same time. Yeah. You know, the um, did you? Oh yeah, I was going to say some people need the peer pressure when they're exercising to keep going. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like they just I don't know, like looking dumb, looking lazy. I think people don't like that. So yeah, that just that pressure 
makes them want yeah. to to like to, to to you know to to go in on these things. Uh, I'm, had you I'm, been- I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I you know when I do yeah. go to the gym and I do get myself somewhat fit shape, it's like. 10.30 at night, 11 at night, I'll go hit a 24-hour gym. There's like two people there. I do my own thing. I listen yeah. to my music. No interruptions. No and Nothing. It's oh, just, the, you the know. equipment, I, right? You get it exactly. all to yourself. Oh, I love yeah. it. And, you know, <laughs> the only thing I have to combat is whether or not I'm going to hit a 24-hour McDonald's after and just, you know, ruin <laughs> the workout I just have. But, but no. So, some people are really built differently. And I, I actually feel kind of bad because I was trying to. You know, for quite a while, I was trying to talk my wife down from this. It's like, no, you could just, you know, we'll do a program here. You know, we'll, you know, we have, I have some friends who are personal trainers. It's like, so here I was kind of trying to deter her away, but some people actually benefit from that live in-game experience. And, you know, with Orange Theory, it's like your live staff, your vitals, you're competing against all okay. the other housewives. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good for her. Right. So here I was trying to deter her away, but meanwhile, it's, it was perfect for her. Do you think to get to you when you're competing against the other people? Is it like a social network in a way where you get to actually know who they are and you can yeah. even befriend some of them? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My my wife has met already like two people who, you know, okay. from Orange Theory and they're like friends now. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. One, one Especially during a pandemic. How else do you meet yeah, people? So. Yeah. There, yeah. Exactly. So, so my wife's name is, is Jovanna, but the way you correctly pronounce it is, is Yovana. So here she is introducing herself to another Slavic person. She goes, and she goes, Oh, my name's Andrea. And she's like, Oh, hi. My name's uh, Jovanna. She's like, Don't you mean Yovana? And then they realized they were from the same part of the world. So they hit it off and, you know, become mm. friends ever since. So, um, yeah, so you know, I kind of feel bad because for a while I was just trying to get her away from that. And meanwhile, that was like the best thing for her for a while, you know, after some, knocking yeah. out two kids. So it was, it was, it was good for her. Yeah, I think some stuff you just gotta say, like, you know, there's price tags associated with stuff, but then there's also reasons why stuff costs money, you know, exactly. And it's like, is yeah. it going to be destructive to your life or is it going to be productive in your life? I think that's kind yeah. of the question you got to figure out. Um, yeah. did you ever, did you or your wife ever look at Peloton? So it's funny you mentioned Peloton just released a treadmill. So what my wife does is she does not have a Peloton um, treadmill. She has, but she's able to get this app, the Peloton app, and they actually throw in a lot of good free shit. So she's doing Peloton workouts on a non-Peloton bike. And Mm -hmm. I think the only disadvantage right now anyways by not getting the full um, paid service and not getting the Peloton equipment is you don't get these live stats. So if you're, you know, you can be computing, competing against other people in your community. You don't get that. They're obviously not going to um, give you that. That's, that's obviously a perk with getting a membership and getting their equipment. But um, there's all these like side downloaders and stuff that you can get to kind of like replicate it. So that's what she's going to work with now. Um, mm. It's not to say in a couple of years, we might not, you know, try and sell this off, you know, Kijiji or something and, and go for the Peloton if she really finds it beneficial. And, and she's crushing her, her workouts at home and it's, you know, Peloton, you know, you get what you pay for, right? It's good quality equipment and you get all that infrastructure associated with it. But yeah, so right now it's not on the radar, but it's not to say that, you know, she might not want to get in a couple of years. I have more simple needs. I, I will definitely use the treadmill, but just to like go for a walk that I can't do when it's like minus 20 outside, right? So <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not it's trying funny. to do like I'm not I'm not trying to do 12 miles per hour on like 15 incline. Like, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so um, so that was you, um, 
you're reminding me when I would when I was in California, I go for the run every day. Um, I didn't get to the cold, cold weather to run. I mean, I think it's still doable actually to run in a winter in California, even though it gets quite cold. Like I'm still mm-hmm. wearing my three quarter coat, but once you put on long pants uh, instead of shorts and long sleeves instead of just a shirt, you can. And once you just get through the first like ten seconds of running, then you gotta yeah. you're working up a sweat. Like it's okay exactly. to run outside. Yeah. So, um, well, Canada, when you got snow all the way up to your knees, like I mean, maybe you figured out how to do it. I just not for me. Um, like you know the Bret Hart run where he's running outside in the winter. Yeah. That, yeah. No, I just that's not for me. Did you um, ever hear? Did you ever hear Bret talk about that? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's basically he saying about how they made him look bad. Yeah. They they did because Sean's doing like <laughs> upside down push ups. He's so <laughs> jacked. He's so tanned. He looks incredible. Jose Lothario's like, come on, uno, dos, tres. And meanwhile, they pick the coldest night uh, to film him running on ice on eggshells and him doing like. And apparently, Bruce Pritchard was the one that produced it, right? And he didn't even. And Brett was like. Bruce, let me know when you're filming. I'm going to like at least go hard swimming in my pool. And Bruce never gave him the cue. He was like, yep, we got what we want. And um, yeah, he, he totally got <laughs> cold on, on that training montage. <laughs> so, and then the reason I was talking about weather, um, I was talking to one of my friends over the weekend. I So I went to Tanjong Beach Club. So I don't know if you're aware of Singapore, besides being the island city that it is, it's also got the beach as well. I mean, it's an island, so it's got water. They're man-made beaches, I believe, though. I don't know if they're actually... There are some real beaches somewhere, but I think the, the popular ones are actually just constructed. So um, so I went there over the weekend, and super hot. I uh, took my son his first time at the... Uh, it's not his first time at the beach, but we haven't gone enough. And um, so he saw the water. He, he, he was digging the, the seawater, ocean water, mm-hmm. whatever that body water mm-hmm. is, and the, turning, you know, the sandcast, doing all that stuff. Um, and I, and I was with one of my friends. She's actually from Oakville, coincidentally. So she's living here in Singapore. We're both from Oakville. So um, so I remember asking. Because now she never, after she finished university, she was working in Chicago and never actually lived in Canada post. So I remember asking, like, you think you can, like, go back to that, the winter, like, living in it? I mean, it's different when you visit. She's like, yeah, I think so. You know, I can get over it. I just, I was just saying for me. I don't know. I just feel this trauma whenever I think about the cold weather. Because even when I was thinking about things like, you know, what about Boston? What about New York as a potential living space? Because, you know, the Northeast is have quite, you know, quite livable in different ways. Um, it's close to Toronto. Uh, the cost of living is not as ridiculous as in California. Um, and so, you know, but whenever I would think about it, I would think, man, I remember having to to walk home in the winter in the snow every day. And it's just, it's just, that's all I remember. That's like one of the things that it's one of the first, like top two or three memories that come to mind. Just whenever I think Canada, it's just this image in my head of snow on the ground and my face feeling cold. And that's kind of it. There's probably plenty of other good memories, but that's what sticks out for me. You never, Um, you never get, you never get used to it. And the cold is definitely like a young man's game, right? Like you can, you know, it's bearable. It's bearable when you're 10 and you know, your teens and then you're playing, you with know, but yeah. yeah, exactly. But once you're, you know, commuting and all that, it's just, it's, it's your worst enemy here in, here in Oakville, our laneway, it took the crew 
Um, so Oakville Public Works, um, over an hour, they had small little small little diggers dumping into a huge uh, truck. And I think, you know, between Oakville and Milton, they had like 800 trucks, 800 or 800 man hours. You know, I just remember the number 800 being splashed. It was a massive ordeal because, you know, they're building these houses and it's, it's quite not like, it's not exactly like our old neighborhood where, there's a bit of real estate in between the houses. Now they're just really packing houses in, right? Because, you know, land is just, is just such oh, yeah. an asset. So, and as such, you know, you have, you know, narrow spaces and people just have nowhere to dump snow. So now they have to get these, you know, construction crews out here just to, you know, oh. cart and dump the snow somewhere. It's just, it's a massive overtake in our laneway, which is, you know, I don't know, uh, 40, 50 houses. It just, it took one crew an hour just to do ours. And there are thousands of streets in, in wow. Oakville that they have to tend to. Right. So okay. I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine how. So um, they're manually, they're manually shoveling the snow into the truck. Right. So what, so picture everyone dump it, shoveling the snow every day, forming mountains and then, and then the combination of people making mountains and the snow plows making that little, turd shit at the end of everyone's driveway <laughs> right and and, and and right i hated that so much i don't know what they're doing uh, yeah exactly and then and then you know so you then people have to add that to their snow piles and the houses are so close together that it's just unrealistic because some people have two cars in their garage and it's just, there's no you know the the flow of traffic is just impossible because the, these laneways are not full size streets. They're very small. They can barely take two cars coming at the same time. Okay. So, so that's that's why we need the the snow that's there to physically be picked up because it's not going to oh, melt anytime wow. soon. That's some bad yeah. design. Like it's terrible design. It's terrible. Design. Hey, just- do, do you know why it's that design? I, I went. I actually went to a city planning meeting two okay. years ago, and do you know what their 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 thinking is? We want this neighborhood to be a um, a walk up walkable. neighborhood. Yep. Okay. No, 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 not walk, walk not, not walkable. Walk up, meaning you walk up to everything. So the reason why that the schools don't have enough parking, the reason why the small little work town home plazas don't have enough parking, because the idea is, is that oh, you can just park your car and you can walk everywhere. You know, there, we don't need parking because everything is walking. It's just like, are you fucking stupid? Like, <laughs> like. Like we're, we're, you know, you can't predict this weather. It's too hot in the summer. It's too cold in the winter. Um, it's it's windy. Like our the, the weather is so unpredictable. Like it, it, like th- these are these. I'm I'm literally listening to city planners talk about their vision for the city and how this took 20 years to get. And I'm thinking like, does anyone not listen to the Al Gore documentaries? Like we're we're not walking. It's the opposite. Like uh, you know, it's it's it's. You know, pretty soon with with COVID and the weather, we're just going to be in bubbles, you know, and we're going to have to, you know, go from we're just going to have to hop in Teslas and just go to our mailboxes. Right. It's just like, no, we're not. The society is not going to be walking more in a couple of years. We're going to be like, you know, we're going to be living in like these little hubs. And so I I, I was just dumbfounded by their their design, you know, I'll I'll. I'll, we'll pick this up offline. There's some there's this interesting topic because I think I've read some stuff where there are different new communities through America which are supposed to cater to younger people who kind of want what you're describing, but it sounds like it wasn't executed well there where you're talking about. But um, but I there is a, a thought about future suburbs being 
quasi walkable, quasi quasi semi urban, so that it's it's a bit like if you're in a living in a city, but it's not a city. So yeah, let's pick it up offline. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna see if I can find some stuff because I remember hearing about this, um, and I'm curious to learn more. Now, talking about weather and talking about a lot of exercise, uh, I have noticed quite a lot of different friends who are our age group. You know, we're just we're going out to the clubs. Like when you're in Singapore, you're in a city, so going out to drinks, going out to just dine, it's um, it's easy, it's enjoyable, it's one of the things to do. And when you're going out late and there's no last call like in Toronto, like here, you're just sort of out as late as you want to be, then uh, you, you get up late, you kind of exercise a bit less. And I think with me and a lot of friends, we're just not really going out all that much. Okay, there's a pandemic, so obviously we're going out less. But well, unlike, unlike in the West, Singapore is open for business. So bars and restaurants and stuff is open. But with that said, I think we all appreciate the 10.30 p.m. close, the, the curfew. So that just means everybody's up earlier on the weekends. And then I think more and more people I know are exercising. So one of the things, um, one of the things I did was I played pick up game of pickup basketball a couple weeks ago. And I was going to talk to you about it. It was my first time in like seven years. And back then that was the first time in like, actually, I mean, back seven years ago when I was in business school, I was kind of playing quasi regularly, you know, a few of us would go out just different groups. And then, um, just now, last week uh first time in years um do you do you play still do you play much because i know you talked we talked a little bit about you were in a rec league yeah um i started uh after mia was born my first born i um i said you know what i'm just i i don't see us uh, we didn't have our our home yet we were living between the in, um my parents and the in-laws so okay. um i was really lucky to get um so Toronto has a, a league actually called Bay Street Hoops, which is yep, that's right. Uh, yeah, so um, I knew I about it. I couldn't. I think there was a. They're not. It's not easy to get into, right? Because I mean, they're a capacity a lot, or maybe it was... they're, a, they're a capacity a lot. They play at Jarvis Collegiate, which is not quite downtown. It's you got to go up Queen Street and all that. So it's not. So if you yeah. do work, say on King Street, um, you know, you, it's like it's like a yep. subway stop or well, two. I, right? I used so, to live at Jarvis in Adelaide, so roughly. Oh, okay. Similar, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going. So there you go. So yeah, so um, it was pretty cool. We were able to get funding from our um, from our company, and we fielded a team. And it okay, just nice. so happened that we had some new recruits. One of them was six nine. So he just, <laughs> oh man. So we we had a couple of good seasons. I think we won one championship, and it was nice. fine. Like I I put the team together, kind of thing. But um, you know, by like third game in, I'm like, you know, I should really be playing less. These kids are really good. So I would just use it as I would just use it as an exercise. I'd show up early, I'd shoot around, I'd shoot around at halftime and get my playing time, just run hard. And that yeah. was that. So that was around, let's see now, 2014, 15, and 16. Yep. Okay. So okay. yeah, so I was still I was hitting mid-30s. And then since then, you no, know, I occasionally before COVID. And actually, um, sadly, one time during COVID, I did play pickup recently, and I'm like, "This is not a good idea." This was just before the shutdown. I was, oh yeah, you know, the, there was a period where people weren't taking it seriously, and I was still in that. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before, I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is not cool." So, um, were you? So, uh, sorry, yeah, were you gonna say? I was just saying that. Uh, so I so play, last organized ball was Bay Street Hoops uh, again, twenty fourteen and twenty sixteen, and then you know I'll just kind of muck it up with some kids around here. I'll just be like the old guy 
on the court, okay. just, you know, you know, going to these kids and man, they can shoot now. Jesus, they can, like, <laughs> they can shoot. It, I found the opposite. I remember, I think back when you and I were like in school, everyone could drive really well and everyone kind of wanted to be Michael and Iverson. Now it's just like, forget it, man. Everyone just wants to shoot and because they like all, yeah. all, exactly Steph and, and Katie, that's, that's, they just want that shot. They want it. They want the wet shot was what they call it. I remember hearing wet for the first time. So the, um, so when I was living in California, there's a court, there's actually a really nice court, tennis court, basketball court, right there outside the apartment buildings in this park. And I couldn't quite tell, is it run by the company or is it run just part of the city? Because it was really nice. They got, they got like spotlights up at night too, so you can kind of keep playing. It's caged. So when you would see the pickup games in Toronto or in Oakville, wherever you were playing, is it just an open court, just like what we think of back in the parks in Oakville? You just walk right on, or is it caged, like, or is there a fenced around with a lock on it? The one, um, the ones in Oakville right now around the schools, they're all they're all open. But yeah, I okay. know what you mean, like uh, like Harbor Front or something like that in in uh, sure. Toronto. Like they'll have the the caged ones, yeah, or the beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sure, you mentioned like during COVID, once they started doing the shelter in place in California, they uh, they locked it up. And I would walk around. I just go for my daily walks. Look in the park. There was the playground. They put the tape up so no one could get in. The basketball. So eventually, after a couple of months, the tennis courts were opened up. So then, um, so people kind of would go in and play tennis, basketball. No. Eventually, I remember once seeing a father with his two kids. They somehow got in, and the padlock was still there. So I don't know what he must have done to get them in there. Like climbing over whatever. He's like, whatever. Forget this pandemic. Then eventually. The numbers are still like they were sort of going up in July, whatever. I guess at one point the city's just like we can't just prevent people from exercising, so they they unlocked it. And I see these guys um, playing. Um, everyone's going hard. Everyone's uh, enjoying themselves. I was like, I was always curious, like, hey, you know what? I show up. I'm like, well, no, nah, I'm just going to get injured. It's been several years, and it's like I don't even know these guys. Um, should have, but uh, or actually, maybe I shouldn't have. It was a pandemic, so. Um, I played last week uh, in Singapore here, and my buddy is from Montreal. He invited me out. It was a lot of fun. Um, I thought I was still exercising. You know, I'm running regularly, but it's I guess it's a different cardio. So, like, just because you talk, we talked about the peer pressure that your wife has when she's exercising, doing the Orange Theory, and um, and yeah, like once I'm on the court and you have these other guys going, it's just like, I can't just slow down. I was gassed. I was super gassed. And then I realized, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? And when I was a kid, I was all right. Like, I mean, I could, I could play with friends. I mean, okay, was it, I don't, I was not like necessarily, I was never going to be the best player, but I mean, given that I was shorter than most, I could still sort of handle the ball. I could still sort of make some plays. Then when I realized it's been several years, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not dribbling well. I'm wearing also like the wrong shoes. I'm wearing like, so I'm wearing these like thicker, kind of stronger shoes just for better arch support for when I run. But I think when I'm trying to move around on the court, it's just it's just weighing me down. Got to a point I'm running for a loose ball, not touched at all by anybody. I just feel like my almost like Triple H. I just feel like my quads just sort of buckle, <laughs> and then I just tumbling down. I'm I'm reaching for the ball. I don't even reach the ball. The ball like just kind of bounces away, and I just hit the ground. It was like we hadn't even scored a basket. It was like the first five minutes of the game. It was crazy. I um, Then once I settled in, I realized, okay, if I'm not really hitting shots. I'm not dribbling. So all I'm just going to do is I'm sort of just going to be like Shane Battier. I'm like, or Jason, or Jason Kidd could still shoot later on. 
but I was like, okay, I I can pass. You know, once you like, I make a few passes, I get the, Hey, that's a nice pass. Hey, nice pass. Like, okay. That seems like I can kind of do this. I'm like at the top, I'm watching guys cut, you know, I'm able to sort of get that ball around people, you know? And like you mentioned that guys six, nine, okay. We didn't have six, nine. Um, but we did have this tall guy and it's just like, whenever people talk about, oh, they are the big man's dead. It's like, all I have to do, all you have to do is sort of, whenever we're talking basketball and it's a bit like the fantasy talk we just had, like you sort of forget first principles of what basketball is in some ways when you're just sort of watching it a lot and you kind of have, you forget what it's like to be on a court and play it. It's the back, the big man's never going to be dead. The fact is, yeah. is that a guy who's just taller than everybody is just going to overall be better. That's just what it is. It's like, yeah, fine. You have some of the guys who give some offsetting skills, but no, all you have to do is just find a big guy who can sort of just do a bit more. And so it, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me until a bit. Um, but after a few plays, I realized, oh, let's just pass it to that guy and he'll just score. You know, and because I was like already in the mode of like looking for the pass, looking how to make the pass, I was like, okay, this is works. I'll just pass it up to him and he'll just catch it and then lay it up. And, and everyone was, everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's been a while since I had a run. And for these guys, it had been like a year since they all played. Uh, oh yeah. So demo it's, it was mostly Canadian because, uh, buddy works at TD out here in Singapore. So he had some TD colleagues, but then I think the thing is when you're in Singapore, cause it's kind of an expat city, you know, when you're on a court, you're going to come across a bunch of people from like wherever, like there's, I think a guy from, uh, was he Brazil or Portuguese? Um, and then, you know, a guy from California, Australia, you know, Spaniards, like, so you kind of get that kind of mix of people. So that's kind of neat. You get to see these, uh, different, I won't say styles. Cause I don't think we're good enough to have a style of play. Yeah. But, uh, so, so that was my, that was my thing. Once I was, once I kind of got going a little bit, I was like, okay, look for the pass. Don't try to dribble if you're just going to lose the ball. Um, but then if I couldn't get a pass, they caught me a couple of times and just sort of closed in on me. And I just have to shoot a bad shot. Cause that was about all I had. And then defense in pickup, it's actually really easy to play good defense. That's what I think. All you have to do is just sort of peripheral vision, keep it up. Um, it depends on your definition. If some people will want to say, well, you should never, ever let a get let a guy get a shot up i mean that's kind of hard he someone can take a shot but i think making people take bad shots is actually pretty pretty easy i mean like i mean how how good must someone be to have hand in the face and still make a shot so yeah all i did was i did the shane battier move i just put the hand right by the eyes so they just can't see anything and uh yeah then they sort of get frazzled or you just sort of I don't know. You just, it's just easy to distract someone. I find at the, at the skill level we're talking about, except the really big guy. Um, it's, I, I didn't have to guard him at all at any point, but I don't know how that would go. I think I kind of know how that would go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was definitely fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I was good enough to get another invite later. <laughs> um, that's really but that's cool. Like, it's like, uh, I'm actually meeting one of my friends from Toronto. Yeah. I also lives in Singapore next week and, uh, he's got a court at his condo. So we'll, well, a half quarter is condo, so we'll just shoot. It's a, it's kind of like the new networking at our age. Instead of going out for drinks, uh, we just sort of you get together, get hoop, just shoot the ball, talk a bit. Yeah. Not really running too hard. I think I'll probably force myself to do some to do some sprints because mm-hmm. I I want to like be in better game shape if I get invited to pick up because that was just that can happen. <laughs> I'm just gassed before we even get like seven points on the board. It can't happen. Uh, I'd I'd much rather shoot hoops with someone or tennis than golf course to, to talk it up. I, I hate golf. Golf's just one of those, um, <laughs> golf just, it, it actually, I can't just have fun 
playing golf because okay. you know okay. if I shank it into the woods and and, and okay. that's another thing that bothers me. I hate playing with really really bad golfers, even ones worse than me, because they're just like, oh, another one in the woods. I'm just like. Why are you happy <laughs> about that? You're a terrible player and you're really holding us up. This is like, okay. no, I don't, I don't like playing with you. Um, at least with basketball and tennis, if you can find someone, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, comfortable level, it's, it's, it's not a bad experience. You're um, golf. You got to yeah, find go someone who's serious enough about it with you, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like you have to care the similar amount to the other people that you're with. Oh, because otherwise, 100%. yeah, yeah. T- yeah tennis, was... you need some, yeah. Tennis, you need someone at a similar skill level because otherwise, it's Absolutely. hard to get a rally going. Yeah. Um, so that same yeah. friend who invited me to play basketball, he invited me to play tennis the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been about over ten years since I played tennis, and so it was it was a bit rocky to start. But then by mm-hmm. the end, I think we were kind of getting some rallies. I'm not sure. Let's find out if we get another invite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten- tennis. It's funny, the sports that, well, the things I dreamt about as a kid that I wanted to be was professional wrestler and, and basketball player. And the things that I'm actually not bad at and maybe should have stuck with it are, are baseball and tennis. Tennis, I've okay. never had a sport, just picked up on it quick. Um, it was basically taught by a um, friend of the show, um, Marco Radden. He, he just like, hey, this is you know, this is how you get a slice and top spin and all this. And, you know, uh, explaining <laughs> to me more or less the rules. And, you know, by the end of the summer, I was a decent player and I was playing against other friends. And even now, like I'll occasionally play with my wife and I totally have to dial it back, you know, <laughs> just, just, just to get some rallies going. And I've even played some pickup tennis against some people and, you know, they'll like play in like Oakville tennis clubs and stuff and they've been playing their whole lives and I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to hang sorry. I'm telling these guys, like, sorry you're wasting your money. Like I haven't played in years and I'm destroying you, right? And these guys are like a little okay. bit younger than me, right? So it's okay. it's just funny how that works. My last so my last two pickup games, I can remember them vividly because one was <clears throat> here at the court and it was strictly high schoolers, right? And you know, they called me old man at one point. Cause I just like, they were all shooters and you know, I was just like, I, I was already playing basketball by myself for like 10 minutes before they came and they asked me, Hey, can we run a game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then, you know, they were all, some of them were in like flip flops and stuff. You can just tell they like, don't care for it, but they're, they're really good. Right. And they were calling me old man and stuff. So I just, you know, I decided to, I'm going to get a ball. I'm going to get down low. I'm going to head fake. I'm going to get one of these skinny fucks up in the air and I'm just going <laughs> to body him, right? I'm just, I'm just going to I'm just going to show him like what what a certain level like, you know, listen kid, right? Um <laughs> I do you you probably don't remember but I do. Um do you know who came to our high school from the Toronto Raptors? Uh, um Reggie Slater. No, no, I don't remember. Do you remember Reggie Slater at all? I don't know. Okay, so he was uh he was probably six eight, six nine, built like, you know, built like uh maybe um uh, just like a god, like a Greek not, god. Yeah, oh. like a Greek god, but I'm just trying to think of who he uh who he who he, he probably no joke, he was probably built like Carlos Boozer, just okay. you know, probably strong yeah, guy. Strong guy, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so he was um, 
he was built like that. Very fringe player, only a couple minutes. And one of the guys that played basketball, like after he he was part of some assembly, and then afterwards, one guy was like, "Hey, can we just play a quick game up to three? And he was in, you know, really, you know, baggy velour suit. And he's like, "Sure, no problem, right?" Like, <laughs> and because everyone's just like, I remember, I remember, you know, OT being disappointed that we were getting Regislator and like not Damon Stoudemire for some reason, right? <laughs> So I think people actually thought that they could beat a professional basketball player in a game of three. And you could tell that like, so the, the guy goes, the one kid goes, uh, can I shoot first? Like, yeah, no problem. So he just bounced it to him. He didn't even try and guard him. He looked away, total disrespect. He just had a feeling that the kid was going to miss. He picked it up and he did exactly that. Waited for the, get the ball down low, up fake, destroy him and do that for three straight plays and the guy was like oh man you're so good it's like yeah i know i'm a professional basketball player can i get your autograph this is such a humbling experience right (laughs) so for me to do that to a punk kid was great um i was in houston texas (laughs) i was in houston texas the summer that the raptors won the championship right and i have a james harden shirt and i'm at like some planet fitness my wife wants to get like a 3d membership while in houston so she can do her workout and there's a nice basketball court, full size court with all the lines. It was beautiful, and I'm playing. And then, and then, sure. And this is this is like eleven o'clock on like a Sunday, and sure enough, like half hour in, it starts to fill up. Like we're all like shooting hoops, and then one guy's just like, "Hey, let's run a game. We got like six of us. Let's do full court." And I guess everyone must have thought I was from Houston. Because <laughs> you're wearing the Harden shirt, yeah. I'm wearing a Harden shirt. I'm in a I'm yeah. in a Houston gym, and you're just in a Houston gym. Yeah, you're just there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just there, right? And this and that, and you know, and one guy was like, he said something that clearly only locals know. It's just like, hey, you going to the so and so? I'm like, oh no, what's that? Uh, listen, I'm not from here. I'm from Toronto. And then ev- they all collectively, all five of them were just like, ooh, running through <laughs> the six. Or they said something <laughs> like that. <laughs> they said something like, oh, man, Mr. Mister Championship Man is here, you know, like type of thing, right? And it's just like, why are you wearing a, he's like, why are you wearing a Harden shirt? And it's just like, oh, man, Harden's my guy, man. Like, you know, and it's just like, it's just like, hey, man, does like Drake live near you? And I'm like, no, I actually don't like Drake. I actually like Houston Raptors. And I said like, you know, I like Bun B. And they're like, whoa, you know, and um you know, it was just like they were—they were tripping out, right? They were just like, "Well, yeah. this, this guy yeah. is like not <laughs> even—not even one of us, and he's showing up at a Planet Fitness and playing ball with us, right?" So, Random. but really good. There was a couple guys there that, you know, they haven't played basketball in years. They maybe played like football mostly, but okay. just the, the talent and just—just just, you're right. Just being able to run up and down the floor. If you're the best athlete in general. And you can just, like you said, like, like what is defense? Defense is just spilling energy. So if you can play hard-nosed defense during a pickup game when you're supposed to go like 60%, well, you're going to wear the other – you're going to wear me out because I'm yeah. out of shape. So you've already won, right, just by being in, in better shape than me. So it, that's what all these just, guys were. I mean because the talent it takes to hit that many shots. Uh, you know what I mean? You think about – and we'll go. I was going to bring up the pro – like the professional athletes in a minute, but just – no, like most people can't do that, right? Most people can't hit yeah. all these like shots. They're falling away. They're fading away. They got two guys on them. Like most people can't do that. Yeah. So all you have to do is just pressure a guy a little bit, and he's gonna buckle. Yeah. Um, so I was in business school, 
and we'd play together. So you think about what business school students might be. Some of them have not picked up a ball. Um, and in business school, it's like a bit like Survivor. You're, there's this environment where you're kind of quasi competing <laughs> with one another because because it's you know you're all trying to vie for the I call recruitment the NBA draft. Like every, all these candidates who are coming from wherever their company or city, their country they're from, they're all trying to get recruited by some top company, and then they're kind of competing. But I mean, in the end, there's a draft order. We just don't know what it is. And so there's just this inclination for certain people to want to assert themselves. So you're gathering like, you know, 15, 20 guys all just showing up on a basketball court, some of whom, and then everyone wants to just be part of one another, but some of whom have not played in years. And I was definitely one of them. Um, and it was just guys, when I say go hard, I don't mean necessarily mean they're good. I don't necessarily mean everybody was good. There's some guys who are, who are, who legit like played regularly enough that they seem skilled. Um, but it was uh, it was an interesting experience. And you're also bringing people from all over the world together for this. And, I mean, you had some guys just, you know, this guy from Turkey just recklessly just running super hard into every. This is the beginning of business school, so we haven't even really started. So if you get injured, that just kind of sucks. He's run right in. Um, he's like, nobody's hitting the ground, um, at least. But still, it's just enough contact. You're like, well, okay, that, I'm not going to go near that guy because I don't feel like getting hit. Then towards the end of the year, I, I later see that guy on crutches, and apparently he like busted up his legs so somehow some ligaments. It's like, and I don't, I can't quite recall if that was because of you're like, I wonder why. Basketball, but you just knew that I wasn't super surprised given his he would play with this reckless abandon. That's that, and then there was this one Polish guy from Australia. He, I didn't. So you know, I'm so I'm definitely so I'm definitely like a smaller guy on the court. So then. Some guys are just going to sort of think, uh, okay, I'm just going to push them around or just, there's a way to play with smaller guys and not be disrespectful. Right. So I didn't, I didn't like his demeanor. So then I'm just guarding him and then he's going, and he's going at me. And so then I think at one point I thought he was a bit physical. So I just threw my shoulder right into him, um, just to make a statement. So, uh, he and I, so he kind of, he wanted to talk to me and say, hey, don't do that. He's like, you hit me, but I can hit you harder. So then, uh, after that, he eased up, I eased up, and we're okay. And actually, we kind of befriended a bit throughout the year, so it was okay. Um, so it was okay, but uh, but um, <laughs> but it was it was a fun outing. I didn't make it back after that. You just sort of get tied up with business school. But then yeah, towards the end of the year, I started going out with these other guys. So this was a group of guys who are from Greater Greater China, I guess. A lot of guys from mainland, a few guys from Taiwan. Um, it was. Okay, I think the part that the only part of it that wasn't as fun was, you know, when it takes time for players to find rhythm with one another is like the way I like to play. I like to see that ball move around. I like I like to just passing just I pass someone else passes. But then there was this one tall guy. And it's like his nick the guys would generally like other classmates would nickname him Yao Ming because I mean, he's from he was from China. He's really tall. Mm -hmm. I, even his facial expressions are kind of kind of look like yeah i mean i think in america if you start doing that people will call you racist because you call a chinese guy yao if he's playing basketball but um but he but he had some similarities other than the fact that he was a bit of a ball hog so every time i pass the ball to him to think that he's he's in a position where he can kind of be like lamar lamar odom you know like the triangle like he, he's the pivot he can kind of move that ball to somebody else but now he's just going to stop and post it up and then in fairness, he was actually quite good. So he would hit some shots, but I was like, okay, not enough shots that you should just keep that ball moving. So, so he's, um, so he's, so he's Rudy Gay. <laughs> he's Rudy Gay. Was, was, was he Carmelo? Not quite Carmelo. Yeah, he's Rudy Gay. He's a black hole. Yeah, that's right. Uh, here's the thing. 
he kind of affected winning, so he's probably better than Rudy Gay. I can't quite think who it would be. Somebody who's decent, not that fun to play with. You can kind of maybe still get away more with winning, but it's not a it's not a lock. Is that Rudy Gay? Because I think it's, I don't want to see Rudy Gay with being a winner. Yeah, it's it's Carmelo. It's um. So the thing is, Car- the reason I don't say it's Carmelo is because this because Carmelo, I guess maybe older Carmelo is like. You're like, okay, he's probably going to hit more than he misses, but you just don't have enough confidence that it's worth just passing him the ball. Like, if you're not like, going to get that much out of it. So maybe it's yeah. Carmelo. Yeah. So then about the NBA players. So when I'm playing the game, uh, I thought two things. Number one, that big dude I told you about who I think is Brazilian, he uh, he fell down at one point. He just kind of got blocked, and then he fell down. It was the first time one of us hit the ground. And he was a big dude. So then I thought about, you know, when you watch an NBA game and how many times, how many plays a player hits the ground on the court, you know? And uh, it's incredible to think, like, you know, you're slow to get up. You're like, you're like woozy, you know, like, oh, goodness, I just hit the ground. Uh, sometimes you get cut up. In the NBA, like, these guys are hitting the ground frequently, you know? Mm-hmm. And it takes a, it's got to take a toll on your body your psyche, you know? So it, it just, whenever you watch and you say you're in a bar and you hear someone's like, ah, I can't believe you missed that shot. I'm like, well, actually after playing five minutes and being gassed, yeah, I kind of couldn't believe someone could miss a shot after playing 47 minutes, you know? Um, and uh, that just, you just develop a newfound respect. It's like LeBron James when you're younger and he's playing like how he can sort of just play at that same level every single minute he's out there. It's incredible. Um I, I stopped. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. I think I definitely stopped making fun of athletes. You know, I, I it's not like it's not like a badge of honor with me. Um, it's just it's just acceptance. It's like so. My last couple of years. So okay. So I, I played um, I played Bay Street hoops, and before that. I want to say my last, you know, long stint of organized ball was um, there was a really good court on um, in Mississauga, uh, Clarkson Community Center, and they just built a new court and they they made um, yeah they they were they were running adult ball there, and I played in the rec league. There was rec, intermediate, and expert or whatever. But obviously, what they do is they get a bunch of you know what they'll do is they'll form a team with one really good player just so they can win like the championship in the lower league. So actually all the leagues are quite competitive. <clears throat> and um, anyways, this was like 2005 and I think I played around until 2009. So I basically played from like 26 to 29 and it was right around that time where I was actually, you know, kind of trying to get in shape each year. Like I actually did some like off season workouts to try and like, be somewhat competitive for ball okay that's good and it was it was around that time that i was also uh mucking around with you know some of my jiu-jitsu friends and stuff and i'm thinking like like if i had an athletic prime this was it for me yeah and i'm also watching a lot of like um you know um hbo um hbo hard knock series with like football players and boxers i'm watching like a lot of mma training and I'm just like, oh my god, these guys are doing like two, three a days. Then they're playing their sport, and you're right, like you get knocked down once, and like you know, you just have a complete newfound respect for like 
like you watch an Allen Iverson highlight reel, like half of his shots, he's finishing on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, th- I don't think he means to hit the deck. I think he means to complete the basket. He's just getting yeah. thrown down. Um, yeah. And same thing with Kyle Lowry. I don't like, he's not trying to take a charge so he can fall to the ground. He's, he's doing it because he's trying to give his, you know, his, his teammates the best chance to win. Um, yeah. I think the worst guys, though, out there, <laughs> the the ones with the myopic view of, of sports, believe it or not, it's ex-athletes. It's like your Shaquille O'Neal's of the world and your, you know, <laughs> Dr. Paul Pierce. By the way, do you know Shaq's latest, um, latest um, money quote is that he liked, he respected players like Jason White Chocolate Williams and Allen Iverson and Tracy McGrady and Vince Carr so much that he did not try and block them because he respected their game a lot. He just, you gave him, <laughs> he gave the, because there's, there's like apparently plays that he looks like he's being beat by them and he's okay. getting him access to. And so, yeah, he, it, it's out of an abundance of respect that he didn't get blocks against these guys. So, <laughs> so the worst player, the worst, the worst people are obviously like ex athletes who are now personality, but you get why they talk the way they do. But the worst pick up basketball guys are the ones that actually maybe they did get a division two scholarship. Maybe they were the star of their high school team and they played rec and maybe now they're in a business league and they, you know, they're, they're mid thirties and they, they have somewhat of a collegiate career and you hear them talk about like, Oh yeah, you know, so-and-so is so terrible because you know, when I was racking up like defensive player of the year, it's just like, so it's weird because it's, it's clearly out of, um, it's clearly it's clearly this insecurity that they didn't quite make it. They fell short, and these other people on TV did, you know, did, for whatever reason, some careers make it, and some don't. And these guys, they end up talking to. It's like, congratulations, you were a hell of a player. Like you were like the best player in Halton, and you got a D two scholarship somewhere in the states, and mm-hmm. now you're working for Deloitte or something. Like that's that's great, but that's great. but 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 for them to like talk shit about like say a player like lebron james it's like you you almost think that like wait a minute you're too smart to believe what you're saying you know what it takes to be the best in high school you know what you didn't have and what these players do have yet you're the one yelling at the tv um it just it's just a cognitive dissonance that i can't understand because i i know why you didn't make it and they did it's just it's just gene pool man like you just you just didn't make it because there's 300 of these jobs out there. LeBron's here. You're not. Like, you know, that's there's just nothing There's nothing more than that. Well, I think the thing is with guys who are actually quite talented who couldn't even, say, get a scholarship, it's you're, you're, what might go through their minds is, hey, I'm kind of being touted for these, these AAU tournaments and these McDonald's games. And you're playing with these, these other kids who some of them are going to go on to become great and you'll have maybe a few good plays against them you're like yeah i'm just i can hang with them i can hang with them it's just to a degree compared with me and you yeah it's true because you're on the same court but then and then they say if they're looking at the the the, the 280th guy the 290th guy thinking i bet i could take that guy i could be i could do what he does but i think that's probably what fuels their their skepticism or their cynicism about like what you're talking about versus us Mm -hmm. like man i can't believe anybody can do 48 minutes or sorry 35 minutes and and do this consistently every yeah. night for a whole year or whatever yeah. blah 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 with these, these guys um they may have the skill but kind of like going into any company what 
doesn't really get publicized so much by the media, but at least I, I got a friend of mine who he's he's had some access to some of like uh, the behind the scenes stuff with with some of these players just through like his own network, and which you hear sometimes a little bit. And what does sometimes come out of the news is like you know whenever they say not a good fit for the organization or just not someone we get along with, like it's kind of nebular. It's hard for fans to quite grasp, but it's the same principles. It's like, if you're running your company, you're, you're, you're managing a team. There's some guys who are easier to deal with. Some guys who are a little more difficult to deal with. If someone is a little more difficult, you don't really want to have them on your team. Um, you're like your, your workforce and some guys you do. And so similarly with basketball players, if this guy isn't necessarily the star performer, you're not really going to give him the star treatment. And if he's kind of a pain in the ass to have around, you can't really, even if he might be more talented or as talented as, as any other guy you could recruit, if he's, say, for example, not going to show up on time, you ask him, hey, these are, this is the diet requirements. You have to maintain this body mass, and he's not doing that. He's showing up late. If, uh, if he is sort of not quite listening to what the coach's instructions are in terms of reading playbooks and knowing that stuff, then now it's not really about your skill level. It's about your professionalism, and that kind of happens Um like how you take feedback, all that stuff, right? And so whenever the coaches in the news like give their quotes, those throwaway quotes we take for granted, like, yeah, you know, he's good. That kid has a good solid head on his shoulders. He works hard, blah, 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 blah. There's there's an element of, uh, there's some authenticity to that because I'm sure that those guys see all sorts of players that come into the league that for different reasons, they don't pick up the work ethic and professionalism yeah. that's needed to yeah. succeed, which is no different than coming out of college, coming out of trade school, whatever we might be. And as a result, then you get the Division Two guy who thinks, "Hey, I'm just as good as anybody." And yeah, maybe you were. We've I've worked with some guys in my you know years in consulting and in in the corporate sector, and there's some guys who are talented, but they just didn't have the the the, the willingness to cooperate and be part of the yeah. team. So yeah. Anyway, um, I, man. I've, I've I've heard of I heard I've heard of. So there's another layer to this. I just wanted to to add on, which was I've also heard. So it was that guy, right? The Division Two guy didn't make it. Bitter at what he sees on TV, and I've also seen the guy. Uh, I actually had a teacher at Sheridan College. <clears throat> he was a backup goalie to Grant Fear um, in okay. college or some U.S. thing, and he was like, "You know, I'm going to make it to the NHL." And then when he realized that, you know, Grant Fear got a call up to, I believe, Edmonton Oilers, and he didn't. He was like, I know why Grant Fear got it. Like, it's here I am thinking, and then like, boom, he got audited. He was like, yeah, that's that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm not, and that's mm. the reason why. I think with um, going back to to guys you play pickup with, I think the it's the Division Two guy that had a you know maybe had some promise um, when he was younger, and then 15 years after the fact. Um, resigned through the fact that he's not going to have a professional career and you know by by recourse he you know he kind of shits on players they see on today and because he used to play basketball he can you know he's some authority on that the um, the problem with those guys is is they guys who only play one sport like you see it here in Canada all the time right they play summer hockey. They play their winter hockey. They're playing three on three. They're doing skating camps during the summer. They just only know one sport. And it's becoming more and more like that with every other sport. I know guys that I play little league baseball. They play little league baseball just because that was 
that was free practice for them because they were trying to make rep for next year, or maybe they were on a rep team and, you know, the schedule just worked out that little league games were, you know, just, just another practice, uh, like a, like a live, like a live sparring session for them. When I remember distinctly at, you know, this is going back to Bay street, um, Bay street hoops. There was the one guy who was like D two and he was talking smack. And then I noticed the one guy, I could just see him at the edge, end of the table, just like shaking his head, shaking his head. He was on our team too. And his whole thing was he, he him and I had a conversation about, it's like, man, what's with these like guys, like always talking shit about, you know, today's athletes, like they just don't play other sports. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, look, man, I play hockey. He, he was, he was pushing 40. He was 39 and he was by far the best athlete on our team. That guy could go. He played advanced um adult league soccer like pretty much borderline pro team so uh, soccer was his bread and butter he played hockey as well he played in some like um men's hockey league and he was doing bay street hoops because he was just a sports junkie and his whole thing was like man if these guys think they're that basketball players are soft and like this player's soft i only get injured during soccer it's the only sport I never get hurt. I've never gotten hurt in my life in hockey. I don't hurt myself in basketball. I don't play that style. It's soccer that I hurt myself. And I'm like, you should say that. You should shut some of these guys up. It's like, no, I'll leave that to you type of thing, right? He goes, I, I enjoy your banter. I'm like, well, thanks. But like, had I had your experiences, I could easily talk about that. But it was so gratifying hearing that. I'm like, yes, that's that's what you need. You need if your worldview is one discipline, one thing all your life, your parents, all they did was like take you to that one sporting event because you were supposed to be the next insert great player here. And that's all, you know, you're going to have that myopic view. It's, it's really the players or the people who have an appreciation for multiple athletics that really get that um, diverse worldview. And you, know, you just won't be that yeah. guy. Okay, man, that, that that's a great way to wrap it up. Offline, I'll send you a couple. There's a long article that touches on this. Um, it's kind of about specialization early on with kids and kind of how it's leading to different injuries. And there's also this other book I'll recommend. I'm not going to plug it because they're not paying us. So, um, <laughs> but it's uh, I'm I'm kind of like partway through it, but I've been reading it slowly. But uh, all right, if anybody has any of their favorite pickup stories, we like to. I, I think that. I don't know, that could be just this recurring series of people I'd pick up stories, but we'll see. If I'm invited again, we can probably talk about this again. But otherwise, if not, maybe I'll just shoot along. So, bayhidespod at gmail.com. If you got any comments, questions, uh, bayhidespod on Twitter and Instagram, you can reach us too. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, man. Thanks, Ryan. Take care, man. Stick to your vision, keep the composition. Seen a lot of shame in the game. Seen a lot of pain with the fame. Seen a lot of highs and lows, but that's just the way life goes.